0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of More Than Beauty, where we talk about all things business, life, and well, pretty much anything inspirational. Today, I wanted to kick off the new year of 2021 by having someone that I absolutely admire in leadership and culture and just their their ability to pretty much own the area that they're in. Uh, So welcome back to the podcast, Evan Silver.
1: Daniel, I'm so glad to be back for part two this time we're actually um, over Zoom here. We're not live in person. So this is interesting.
0: <laughs> Thank goodness for technology, right? Um, you, I had so many questions that I wanted to ask you the other day on the podcast. I haven't released part one yet. So um, I had so many questions that I wanted to ask you that I was like, we have to go through with the part two. So welcome back. I want to dig right in and talk about what leadership means to you.
1: Yeah. What, what is leadership, man? I think I might've said this in part one, but 10 years ago, I didn't even know what leadership was. Couldn't tell you what it is. Um, leadership is simple. It's, it's influence. Yeah, It's, that's what it is. It's not a title. I think a lot of people get caught up and they're like, once I get to this, or once I get this title or this manager or this, then I'll have, I'll be a leader. And John Maxwell does a phenomenal job on the five le- levels of leadership. And the first one is people follow you because they they have to. Yeah. And that's the easiest one. And then once you get number two, people follow you because they want to. So that's simply what it is, is leadership is influence. You can break it down a million different ways, but that is just plain and simple is influence.
0: I love that. So let me ask you, since since you're, you share the same passion of leadership, who influences you in leadership? Like when you're when you have a day where you're like, Am I am I doing this for the right reason? Am I doing the right thing? Who do you go to?
1: Yes. Um, well, I have mentors of mine that I personally um meet with and know because I'm um, I found out when when I came out of the band and started working in an organization that was all about leadership, that's where I really grew, is I actually had coaches in my life. And right. so that was the scariest part about transitioning from there to to the salon full-time was, Oh my gosh, I don't have a coach. I don't have anybody sitting me down saying, Hey, Evan, you're doing really well at this. This is where I can see you grow. And so I was like, I have to go seek that out. So I have a mentor of mine. I call him all the time. Uh, (laughs) and I also, I mean, podcasts, books, YouTube, I mean, there's so many resources nowadays yeah. where you know John Maxwell I mean he is he is like the king of leadership he's written so many books so we have so many resources at our fingertips and it, it's sad cuz i see i see people with so much leadership p- potential that yeah. don't go after those resources and i'm like think about 20 years ago daniel mm-hmm. i mean it, it was completely different i mean i think the internet i don't even know if i hadn't 20 years ago, I think we just got a computer in our house.
0: One of those big, huge computers. Gateway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, It's true. You know, it's funny that you're talking about this um, leadership and where we are able to go. I know you and I both are massive, massive book lovers, and we've made jokes and comparisons about the books that we have. If you had to recommend three powerful books right now for someone that's looking to grow in their leadership, which books would you recommend? All right.
1: I would do 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. Like that is the Bible on leadership. Now it's, it's, it's a large book, but it's broken down, uh, in 21 chapters. So, um, if somebody's wanting to get started and they're probably, they would say, well, I'm not really a leader. Mm -hmm. A very simple book is the energy bus by John Gordon. Uh, really, really easy read principles are great. It's basically about positive energy. Um, the third one, oh man, this is a tough. Um, <laughs> I really, I really love creating magic by Lee Cockrell, and so I know you've been to the Disney Institute. Uh, what do they call it, the of leadership.
0: Yeah, Disney Institute. It was. Yeah, incredible. and so
1: he's the one who built that program, and so he wrote a book um, called um, Creating Magic, which is. One of my favorite books.
0: I think that's fantastic. Yeah, you know, books is a great way. And, and you might have someone listening that says, well, I don't have time to get into a book. And, you know, that's one of the, that's one of the things in leadership. You have to make time to become a strong leader because here's, here's the deal. We all know in leadership, if we're not leading the right way effectively, we're going to have to go in and do a lot more cleanup than probably we ever expected. So just having the inner secrets of how to do that. You know, I recorded this morning for a new online class that I'm launching um, a portion called The Reluctant Leader. And the reluctant leader is someone that they know that they have the potential to lead, or maybe they were thrown into that position, but they're not ready. They're fearful, maybe that um, they're not going to be friends with the people that they work with, or they're not going to be seen as the cool kid. So they don't step into that role. How do you feel about reluctant leadership?
1: Yeah, I think I think we all—and I don't know if this is going to answer your question. I think I think we all need someone. To coach us and mentor us. And I didn't see that myself. Like I didn't know what leadership was. And so I was just kind of going through the motions of um, doing the task and doing the things and then someone sat down and said, you have potential to be a great leader. And I was like, what, huh? And so, um, I think we all need coaches and mentors to, and be surrounded by positive people and in a community where everyone's uplifting everyone else, Yeah, because that's how we grow. That's where I, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, Daniel, like you, you are such a positive light in this, in, in this, uh, environment, people actually look up to you and they actually, when you, when you speak, people listen, and a lot of times when I tell people that with young leaders, they're like, "Huh? What? You know?" <laughs> and so um, that really just starts getting the the process of like, "Hey, we're knocking on the door here of leadership." And you know, if you're willing to go through that self development, I would love to to help you with that.
0: I, I think that's so wise. You know, it's better to demonstrate in leadership than to dictate. And I think that's another thing that people get confused um, when we're talking about leadership. They they think that it's this boss mentality. And, you know, I'm just going to speak on my my own thoughts around the word boss. I hate the word boss. It makes hate me it. cringe. I had a feeling that you would. Yes. Um, for me, what is the first word that comes to your mind when you hear the word boss?
1: Oh, man, just um, I picture a person pointing and telling people <laughs> what to do. Uh, the, the things I like to tell a leader is to be a v v available, visible, and valuable. Those are three things that you have to be as a oh. leader. You gotta be available. You've got to, when people need you, that you you're you can pick up the phone or you you can respond to that text, um, visible. Like, you know, I'm out on the road a lot, but I have days where I am dedicated to my own company because I got to be visible. Exactly. And then the last one is be valuable is when people come to me that I actually create value. Now that doesn't mean that I don't say, hey, I don't have the answer, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of times I don't have the answer, but we'll figure it out and we'll go through it. So I think if, if, if you kind of see yourself as a boss, Mm -hmm. I would kind of reflect it on that AVV. Am I available? Am I visible? And am I valuable? And the last one I would say, yeah, do I serve my team? Am I, am I, do I see myself more telling my team what to do and critiquing them? Or am I putting, um, Uh, I think it's Andy Stanley gave this. He was like, if you walk around with a clipboard checking, yes. Have you heard this? He's like, if you walk around checking and making sure and being like, Hey, we need to do this. Or do you walk around with a towel on your arm and you're there to serve and wipe up the, you know, the mess with them. And that's a great, great uh, visual.
0: And so many people are struggling in leadership, no matter what industry then of course you and I both are, are in the hair industry. But there's so many people that are they're struggling and they're trying to figure out you know how to get their team to do what they want them to do, and it's not by setting incentives in place; it's by being an example. And a lot of times, leaders forget to be an example. You know, they they're living over into that boss role. I sometimes when I hear the word boss, um, my mind the first word that pops up is ego, and lack yes. of humility. You know, I think being a true leader, a servant leader. Is is one of the most humbling experiences out there because you never know from day to day what's going to swing your way. Yes,
1: I, I completely agree with you. Um it, I think one of the the an easy step to do this is to start putting you at the bottom mm-hmm. and putting your team up. Like if I go to your website, put your team at the top of the team page and put you at the bottom. Yep. Now, <laughs> that's a great way to show your team hey, we're about you here. This isn't about us here. Um, so I think it's just having that team mentality and flipping the script that this isn't the, the Evan show or the Daniel show. This is, this is a team thing.
0: Yeah. You know, you and I, and I hope you don't mind me sharing this when we were together on Sunday, I, I brought you in to coach my team because I have so much respect for you. And um, just being able to talk to you and get your guidance and leadership was so powerful but there was a conversation that you and I had afterwards. and we were talking about humility and serving with integrity, something that you and I both are incredibly passionate about. And um, you said it was hard for you sometimes to, to stand in the light and, and I quickly reminded you that someone like you that has so much to offer and to give other people that you are a light carrier. You're the person that, yes, you are in the light, but you're really good at holding up that mirror and reflecting the light onto the people. And that to me is such a beautiful thing that you and your wife both carry and seeing how you've led your organization and the results. And, you know, it's basically like a harvest looking at what you all have planted and what's happened for your company in the past couple of years is truly astounding. Um, Tell the listeners a little bit about what your company, the growth that you've had.
1: Yeah. So um, again, I don't want to make this about us as the, (laughs) the owners, but, um, I mean, in the past two years, we have doubled in size Mm -hmm. and that, that's just, you know, we, we got a great team. We started a lead team in our company and that lead team, um, handles a lot of the hiring, a lot of the, you know, the firing, the, they handle a lot of the big decisions. We just we changed our dress code just a little bit. They were involved in that. I didn't say one word. And then what? And we told the team that we it wasn't me saying, Hey, you know, this is what we're doing. I told our lead team, I'm like, hey, you're gonna tell them, you mm-hmm. know. But and so having a lead team, A, protects our team because I can I can make a mistake. You can make a mistake. If we're together, we're less likely to make a mistake. If we have three, four, five people now it's very less likely i don't know if that's correct english but you know what i'm saying <laughs> um so yeah we've we've seen growth through that we've had people step up in roles as educators mm-hmm. so that that was able we were able to bring on associates last year we were closed for two months and we had 10 growth last week or last week last year in 2020 from 2019 which is that's just beautiful. incredible like we're we're just blown away we're just like what huh how did all this happen Exactly. And so I think it, it all, it, it starts with leadership, everything rises and fall, falls on leadership, and then it becomes a culture. And yes. so everybody knows what the vision is, what the why is and where we're
0: going. I love that. And, you know, so many people have left organizations and companies because that didn't exist. This, this sort of culture and um, just having a team around where people really, truly support each other, not, not saying that they support each other, but actually doing it. It is so incredibly important to have that culture. And, you know, we, we have something like that in our own company here in, in Atlanta. And I can tell you, for the most part, when we're hiring people in, we go through a process, you know, that, that might be a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm not going to go through that many interviews to get a job. That's fine. That lets us know right away that they may not be committed. You know, if they don't want to go through that many interviews, they probably don't want to go through that many trainings to become exceptional. So right. that's fine. We wish them the very best. But it's about creating that culture. And so many businesses are lacking culture or they have culture, but it's never been written or established. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about culture and business.
1: So I think everybody believes that or thinks culture is, oh, it's like words you put up on a wall and this is what we are. And a lot of companies do that. That's the easy part, yeah. right? It's yeah. easy to put yeah. things up. Oh, this is what we believe. These are our core values. You know, the best way I've just, I've heard culture is that it's what goes on when you're not there. Mm-hmm. It's the habits of your organization and culture is hard. It is so hard to build in it in a day it can be torn down. And yeah. so with culture, it's easy to say, oh, we have a positive atmosphere here or a positive environment. But what's hard is when you don't have that and you have to have some tough conversations.
0: Yeah. And those conversations aren't always fun.
1: (laughs) They aren't. uh, Daniel, like hard conversations. uh, I hate them. I really do. I do not enjoy them. I think if you do enjoy them, you need to have a heart check. But I have to think, A, do I love this person? Yes. And B, do I see a better version of them on the other side of this conversation? If I don't, then we'll have a problem. But I believe every hard conversation, I'm going to see a better version of them on the other side. And what's funny is I see a better version of myself yeah. going through it. But if you don't love the person, don't have that conversation because it's, it's not going to go well.
0: It's not going to go well. You know, there's a lot of times you, you almost have to say, if, if you don't love the team that you lead, there needs to be a couple of changes that need to happen there. Either you need to learn to fall in love with that team or you need to step away from leadership. And that's something that the team can feel. You know, I've been led by people many times, whether it's in um, corporation leadership or whether it was inside of a salon where it was just it was almost like a boss title. And there was never any growth conversations. There was it was never constructive criticism. It was like, we're not going to do this any longer. Or it was a slap on the wrist. And there was no reason why, you know, there was never any dialogue behind that. So really helped me. It's just like, you know, when we think about raising our children, we I will tell my son a lot of times, hey, we're not going to do that because in our home, we don't behave that way. And he might look at me and I'm like, here's why we don't behave that way. And I'll give him an example that a six-year-old could understand. But it's so important that we, we really walk people through the process and let them know why we're having these conversations. Like, are you open today to have a conversation? And if they say yes, then let's go in my office at you know one o'clock and, and then ask them. So when you made this decision, what do you think the long-term effect of that would be? And you know, something that you talk about is the triple win. Did it benefit the business? Did it benefit the guest? And did it benefit the company? And if it didn't benefit all three of those things, maybe we need to reevaluate the decision.
1: Right. Yeah. It's uh it's what I and what I love is like if you have core values and if you don't have core values in your company, uh strongly suggest that you get a team of people and let your company develop those core values. Um, but having those core values, you think about it like it's up on a wall. That's basically when you have a hard conversation, you just mirror that the to the core values. And so it takes us out of the conversation and our emotions out. It's like, hey, Daniel, like I've seen first off, like if, it, if you are having a, a negative attitude, hey, first off, I want to sit down. And I want to talk about, you know, I feel like you've been really negative recently. Yes. That's what I want to talk about. I want to know because one of our core values is radiate positivity. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? How are you doing at home? Yeah. Like what's your home life? I mean, how, how, how are, do you love being here? Like, well, these are things that I'm trying to get to the source. Um, right. And a lot of times, I mean, a lot of times it's, I'm stressed out about this or my schedule or that it's typically a lot of it doesn't have to do with work.
0: That's exactly right. You know, sometimes people are they're going through big challenges at home, whether it's maybe a, just something as a marital spout, or maybe it's uh, someone's sick in their family or life, or maybe their finan- our finances are in a total mess and they're bringing that to work because they see someone else that's doing really great. So we do have to have grace when we're in leadership. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And one thing that, um, I tell our company is you hear, you know, um, people leaders, they'll say, Hey, leave your personal stuff at the door. Yeah. And I feel like what that communicates is we don't care about you personally. We care about your performance. And so in our company, we say, Hey, bring your, bring it in, bring it inside, bring it to the office so we can talk about it. You know, I don't bring it out on the floor with the guest, but, and that's the hard thing, Daniel, it's really hard to, it's easy to say that it's hard to walk through that, but I mean, you get a culture and you get a team unified Mm -hmm. and, you know, you look at 2020 and it's like, wow, we got through that 2021. I mean, we're (laughs) more unified and stronger. And so culture is everything to an organization, everything.
0: And to speak of culture, it, it can leave outside of the walls. One of the things that I admire um, that you've, you've done was when quarantine happened and there were businesses similar to yours in the area, um, you actually took gifts to them to say unified. And th- that speaks volumes. You know, so many people, um, they just think about themselves. And I, and I love that you lead community, you lead self, you lead your home and you lead your company. That is such a beautiful thing. And then you lead salons like mine. You you go out and you coach and you give so freely. That's, that's a beautiful thing.
1: I appreciate that. You make me sound like I'm like, um, (laughs) never messed up. So I can't wait for my wife to listen to this. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I mean, we just, we, we, I think we closed our doors the day after yours. Um, March 18th. and so we were one of the first ones to close in our area. And I was like, oh my gosh, like we just had a, a weight lifted off our shoulders. You probably felt as well. And I told Aaron, I was like, we need to go and love on some salons. Yeah. Cause they were where we were yesterday and it's stressful. And I really? cried and Definitely. I'm an emotional guy anyway. So, we just got five cookie cakes and went to put, you know, United on the, the cake and just drove around to random salons and said, Hey, here, like, just wanted to say we love you because a lot of people are like, well, that's your competition. I'm like, no, our, our competition's ourself, you know, (laughs) like we're trying to better ourselves. you know, and I, I love small businesses. I love salons. Um, you know, our salon can't take every head in the upstate. So there's gotta be more than just us, you know? So we just really wanted to paint that picture of like, Hey, we're in this together.
0: Yeah. That's true leadership, by the way. Um, I think it's so amazing. You know, I wrote down something here. I wrote down the majority of the battle ends when we make up our mind on how we're going to lead and how we're going to show up. So a lot of the battles that we fight in leadership are truly right here in our own heads. You know, what is this person going to think if I have this conversation? And I'm sure uh, you and I are going to speak on behalf of every leader out there, anywhere in the world that listens to this. And uh, we have, we might have a sleepless night because we have this dialogue. The person's going to freak out. They're going to quit on us. You know, it's going to be all the things. And then you have the conversation that it doesn't go that way at all. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Those are, those are always fun. So when it comes to leadership, you know, I, I just downloaded a Harvard study on, or it was like a Harvard questionnaire on what type of leadership and, there was the transparent leader. And that leader is someone that is super, they're, they're really great at being vulnerable. And then there is the, the ideal moral leader. This is the person that believes in inclusion and really making sure everybody feels like they're part of a team and they're included in everything. Um, I, I can't recall what the other two were, but I thought it was so beautiful how it was written. And I went through and took the questionnaire and, and I actually was in two of those. And um, so it's good to become self-aware of what type of leader you are, so that if you have weaknesses, that maybe you know if you're not a transparent leader, if if you're like a an ice, <laughs> an ice cold leader, nobody can read your face, you have the poker face all the time. Maybe seeing that might be one of your weaknesses. So I saw my weaknesses and things that I need to start developing in myself.
1: Yeah, I uh, I I want to know what you're reading or listening to because that's very interesting um i would i would definitely throw like trans like i want to be so transparent sometimes i'm a little too transparent like (laughs) i tell everyone our company i was like hey anything you want to know about our company us and the great thing is i don't have to tell and this is for all leaders you don't have to tell your team your weaknesses that's it they already know they know (laughs) <laughs> they just ready for you to acknowledge it, and I, my, our team at the and our company, they know what my weaknesses are. Yeah, and so um, I just got to identify those and find someone that that is their strength and empower them, and that's what grows an organization. And um, you know, and Andy Stanley talks about not trying to be a well-rounded leader because that's what we've all thats kind of what I've been taught is like being a well-rounded leader. He said, you got to find your strengths yes. and capitalize on those. And then your weaknesses, find other people to complement those.
0: And that's the beautiful thing about the generations that we're bringing into our companies and organizations right now is these are people that want to be part of something bigger. And so when you can look and identify some of their strengths, you know, you have people that work in your company right now that are incredibly organized. That is not my strong suit. I, I, I wish I could be organized, it's just not there. Um, So you find someone that's organized and then you have someone that's really incredible with with numbers or inventory and you give them that role inside your company. So if you're spending three hours a week in inventory and ordering processes and systems, now you can free up those three hours to grow your team, maybe personal development, uh, development meetings. And then, you know, maybe somebody is like, we all have that one person that works in our organization, maybe two or three, that they love to plan weddings and baby showers and all of the events. This is the that person. is not me. It's <laughs> that is, that not, is me. not me. <laughs> I still haven't even given out all of my Christmas gifts yet. And I'll go a <laughs> step farther. It's July f- or I'm sorry, it's January fourth or fifth. I don't I don't even know what the date the is. January fifth. And I haven't even wrapped the gifts that I still have to give out. And Christmas was definitely <laughs> Two weeks. Ago.
1: It was last year.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was last year. So, um, you know, people that are organized, they need to be people that are putting together the events in your company. You have somebody that works inside of your company that everybody loves to go to and talk to. Not necessarily they go and gossip to, but they go and talk to them because they believe in them. These are the people that could possibly be developed into managers inside the company or leaders So there's so many ways to look inside of our own organizations to grow them, because if you believe, if you're listening right now and you believe that you are the only leader ever for your organization, and I say this with nothing but love, you will become the lid on your organization. That organization will never grow any bigger than what it is today.
1: Yeah, I completely um, agree with that. You are the lid to your organization and that's why we got to surround ourselves with people and and to some people it's very intimidating well yeah. this person might be a better leader than me. Great. And I think that's where yeah, I know that's where it's like awesome because this isn't about this isn't about me. Yeah. This is about this is about the organization, this is about the vision, this is about where we're going. And that's so right. we can try to get there by ourselves and you know, try or we can build a team and Think at the end of you know what makes when I put my head down at night. Yes, you know, pulling the potential out of people and seeing people grow in our company, even financially, um, spiritually, emotionally, that's what fills me up.
0: Yeah, people that never believed in themselves.
1: Exactly, because the reason why is because I always remember where I came from. I remember when that happened for me. I saw I became a better husband. I became a better dad. I became a better person, and so I'm like. Oh my gosh. Like, what if I didn't have those people in my life? Where, where would I be right now? That's I don't exactly know. Right. And there's probably some people right now listening. Well, how do I find that person? Mm-hmm. I would first say, you know, find somebody you admire, take them out to lunch and then meet on a monthly basis or every other month or start. You've got to start. It's not just going to fall into your lap.
0: No, it's not. And what you're saying there is so important too. And John Maxwell actually said this. He was like, you need to invite somebody to your table, you know, once a month. And it doesn't mean a literal table, but to a phone call or to a conversation that can help you grow and empower you where you are. And then you need to invite other people to your table that you can feed. So you need to be fed and you need to feed. There's this beautiful cycle that we all need to be doing in servant leadership.
1: I love that. I've never heard that before.
0: He, he's a remarkable man. It was so funny. It was uh, last October when I was, I went to a conference. And I didn't even realize when I was seated there, uh, I was on the second row and I looked over maybe three or four seats in front of me just over um, and John Maxwell was sitting there. I was like, I'm literally sitting right behind John Maxwell right now. What an incredible man, You know, someone that's been on this earth 73 years and still is so incredibly relevant as a leader. And he leads with such passion and integrity. There's no ulterior motive to what he does. He's just a good man.
1: Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was just thinking like, he's just full of integrity Yeah, and he just keeps giving and giving and giving. I think he's, I think he might have, he's my, I think he wrote 92 books, but since I read that wow. he's probably over a hundred now, I mean, I can't <laughs> remember. Probably have yet.
0: 97 of them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I probably do.
0: (laughs) One of his books um, that I have here is Good Leaders Ask Great Questions. And that one, if you are in leadership and you're not getting the answers that you want out of your team, I highly encourage you to read this. Look, even if you're not in leadership of a company, you're leading your guest experience. You're You're leading something. Everyone's leading some experience. So read this book because the quality of your questions is the quality of your life.
1: I love that. Yeah. Everybody, everyone's a leader. If you have kids, you're a leader. Definitely. And man, did I not, I'd never thought like how much leadership stuff there is in parenting.
0: <laughs> Every bit of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because that's yep. the most important people will ever lead is our children. That's the future.
1: Exactly. And you know, I, I firmly believe we have to win at home before we win at work. Cause if we right. do it backwards, it's meaningless.
0: It's exactly, and you know, so many people would attest to that, that, they poured everything into their careers and lost their family. And that's, that's definitely not the way that I want to lead. And I don't want to live that life either. So Evan, you are one incredible human being. Thank you so much for taking time to come in and record part two with me. Um, I know the listeners are going to be so excited to, to write down all the notes that are taken from part one and part two. You're an incredible person. I'm going to link all of your information below. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast today, I'm going to link Evan's information below so that you can reach out to him, ask him questions. He's also a coach and a leader. And uh, any closing words, Evan?
1: Man, I, I feel like after 2020, I just, you can do this. If you're listening to this right now and you have a business and 2020 was just a tough year, want will send some encouragement your way. You've got this, um, start planning, start getting a, a coach, a mentor, and, um, you know, you can reach out to us on social media and we would love to, uh, send more encouragement your way. I mean, Daniel, you, you send encouragement all day, every day on your social media. So I just want to say you got this 2021.
0: You got this. How powerful. Thank you so much, Evan. Thank
1: you, Daniel.